Welcome to Want Her, a community-driven podcast for the like-minded female, passionate about creativity, self-discovery, and letting out that inner weird. Brought to your ear holes by two cross-country friends, we want to project one thing. Self-discovery is a lifelong journey, and one that should be fun experiencing. Here, no topic is off-limits. We're just like you, striving for connection, laughter, and the continual reminder that we can actually be whatever the f*** we want. Here's Olivia and Sandy. What's up, y'all? Hello, hello. What up? <laughs> we are back. <laughs> back and ready. Back in business, baby. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, hello, everyone, wherever you are today. I hope you're doing well. It's a Friday yes. for us, so we are hyped. Woo woo. Sure are. And I'm in a new location. I'm not a California girl anymore. Crazy. Crazy. I am in Crazy. northern Idaho, so it's a big Ooh. shock to the system. It's currently snowing outside, which we've avoided in our RV winters yeah. uh, on purpose, and uh, we yeah. decided to go for it. So it's been interesting. For sure. That's crazy. Yeah, that's kind of a segue because the topic today, we're going to be talking a, a little bit more, doing a deep dive into kind of what my life looks like with travel nursing. So I'm excited to kind of get into the details, give you the nitty gritty. I do get asked a lot um, online about like how to get started and stuff. So um, I just kind of want to get rid of the stigma that it's like nerve, well, it is nerve wracking, but like really tedious to get started. And that like, Mm -hmm. it's not a good fit for some people because like anxiety holds you back and I'm the biggest anxious person ever. Like I'm on medication for it. And I took the leap before getting on medication and freaking can, amazing. I'm telling you, you can do it too. And it's changed my life. So I'm ready to get I into love it. that. Mm, 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 yeah. Mm, mm. Go live, go live, go live. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so to start, um, we're going to play, of course, a quick game. Just because I don't want to leave Sandy out of it. And she's just such a quirky little person. I want to know the answers to these questions. So we're going to kind oh, of gosh. like freaky Friday moment, if you will. Because I think about that often. Yes, Sandy, you do. nursing edition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, Sandy okay. nursing edition. So Sandy, huh. first and foremost, do you think you could ever be a nurse? Absolutely not. <laughs> Are you squeamish? Absolutely or- not. <laughs> like what Am holds I you what? back from that squeamish like blood and, and oh, stuff makes you like lightheaded a little but also not like you know when they show things on movies or tv shows i kind of like get into it and i'm like whoa and yeah. so not too squeamish but uh i just don't like biology chemistry all that yeah you see, I, I don't either, but here we are. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and I'm actually like, I'm actually kind of squeamish sometimes too. Yeah. Um, like I, I can share the story if you want, but I've actually been somebody that's been close to passing out and has actually passed out in multiple different medical scenarios. So that's fun and what? embarrassing. Please yeah. tell the story. Quick rundown. Okay, I'll I'll do my best to keep it short, but you know me. I'm a little long-winded. So my mom is a surgical nurse, and of course, when you're young, you look up to your mom. You want to be exactly like her. So when I didn't know what to do with my life, I kind of was like, nursing, let's check it out. So she got me into shadow um, a couple times in the OR in the community hospital that she worked at. So um, I saw a carotid endarterectomy when I was probably like... 18. And I mean, sorry for using the big word. That's a procedure where like a vascular surgeon opens up the neck and cleans out the carotid artery from like plaque and, and, you know, stuff that builds up when you don't eat well or just age. So, um, the smell of burning flesh, not great. And I'm sorry if anyone's listening squeamish, like I'm thinking of my best friend, Maddie, and she's like, (laughs) like her eyes are rolling around right now. Um, so I remember I was standing in front of the surgeon and of course my mom's working with the surgeon forever. So he was really excited that I was there and I was like, I'm sorry, Dr. Such and such, like I've got to step back or I'm going to hit the floor. So that one was my first 
um, probably inclination that I should not do this field, Uh, but like not all nursing is very intense like that. So, um, I didn't, I didn't take the hint. Uh, when I was what, a okay. sophomore or a junior in college, I went to Guatemala on like a medical missions trip with some nursing students and they were doing cool. uh, like inguinal hernia repair surgeries. And the Guatemalan surgeons were very hands-on and excited that we were there and were like trying to get us to do part of the surgery, not like very intricate, detailed, like important parts. Like he offered me the staple to like close the wound and I couldn't do it. I thought it was too much pressure. And I like legit was like, I'm going to pass out. I've felt this feeling before and I need to take a step back because (laughs) that same year I was in my um, clinical rotation at a hospital was a med surge rotation. And there was one day where each student would like go down and observe surgeries. Okay. So (laughs) this is where things take a turn. So I've talked about it before. I have postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And to this day, I blame it on that, but I'm not totally sure. I wasn't feeling well that morning, so I didn't, like, eat or drink anything. First mistake. But I also think that I, like, buckled my knees when I was standing there watching, and that was part of it. But I was just following around a surgeon that was doing, like, a tubal ligation. So it was essentially, like, a surgery where you go up through the womanhood to, uh, like, tie her tubes is what it was and for whatever reason i'm standing up against the back of wall and i'm like oh my gosh what is happening right now like i feel kind of weird kind of off i've had these feelings no basically every single day because of my heart condition from time to time so i'm like i just need to chill i need to focus on something else usually in that moment i would pop a piece of gum in like i went through gum i'm talking so much i'm sorry i'll try and wrap it up i went through gum like crazy in middle school and high school, I couldn't do that because I'm in a sterile environment. So I kind of back oh, up shit. against the cool, cool wall. And I'm like trying to focus on the cool wall. And the next thing I know, no. I, I see like my vision starts to cut in and out. No. And I turn uh-uh. towards the circulating nurse who I'm technically following for the day. And then I see curtains closing in <gasps> on my vision. And the next thing Shut I know, I'm on, my, I'm on my back outside of the <laughs> operating room and I hear voices around me when I come back to and I don't even open my eyes because I'm like, this cannot be real. This is not my life. I cannot believe you stupid idiot. And the, the one guy like kind of hit, kinda hit no. me. He's like, okay, you're back. Like, come on, open your eyes. And I was like, so mortified. It was horrible. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And you still did it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was basically too afraid to uh, navigate in a different direction at that point. So. Okay. True. 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 I do pretty okay now, like way better than I would have in the past. Like we've talked before, uh, I don't gag as often, but when it comes to like um, eyeball stuff, I can't. Oh, I just went to the eye doctor yeah. and that puff of air thing. They had to do it like three times on me because I was like twitching so bad. Oh. Eyeball stuff sends me through the roof. Um, yeah. And then the worst, oh. the worst thing that is so like minute and you could maybe deal with it on the, I don't know, on the regular if you're a mom that's listening. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. So some older patients that don't swallow their pills well, you have to crush them up and like give them in pudding or applesauce if they're on like swallow precautions, right? Yeah. And some nurses are, I don't know if they're trying to be like eco-conscious because in that degree, I salute you, but like they'll reuse the applesauce throughout their 12-hour shift and then the next shift comes on and it might still be at the bedside table and like the saliva from the spoon has like started to break it down it's so gross it sends me gagging like one one time i will never forget gross i i came on shift to a chocolate pudding that was used like that and it was like chocolate milk Oh, oh, no. <laughs> you can't cut this out no. if it's too much, Sandy. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. But I'm that actually makes me a- uneasy. <laughs> I'm, I'm Excuse me, guys. <laughs> can you believe it? 
I'm a nurse now for over half a decade. Like, help me. I, I want to get crazy. out. No, That's it's okay. Crazy. It's okay. Honestly, I, I will tell whoever wants to listen. Like, if it wasn't for traveling, there's not a chance in hell I would still be in this field. No. Um, so if you're not, like, squeamish or, like, easily grossed out, um, you know, uh-huh. and you're a nurse and you love the ca- career, maybe traveling is something for you. It's definitely... For been sure. life changing for me, definitely stepping out of my comfort zone, and it's caused so much growth. So, um, I want to get into get into Amazing. that today, and I definitely took a tangent. And I'm sorry. So let's get back to the no, question. I love it, Sandy. Okay. If you had to be a nurse, what kind of field of nursing do you think would be your best fit? <sighs> Okay, so to be honest, I saw this outline and I saw that question. I'm like, hmm, let's Google, you know, in per- oh, here we go. <laughs> Sandy fashion. <laughs> and it took me to a quiz. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. I didn't even know they had those. Yeah. What ner- type of nurse should I be? It said. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I got pediatric and I feel like I could see that. Interesting. If I- had to yeah no not for me no I could see that with you because you're so like cute with your um do you have nieces I know you have nephews yeah nieces and nephews okay Mm -hmm. yeah you're cute with them yeah uh definitely not not for me not Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. that was my least favorite rotation oh I just want to like give the medication and not have to coax you into to taking them although sometimes you have to do that with really old like patience but yeah no not for me I, I don't like it and I True. haven't had enough experience like I have a couple nieces and a nephew now but in nursing mm-hmm. school I didn't so I felt like completely awkward around children but I, I just couldn't do that yeah, yeah okay. no and I mean really I couldn't be a nurse but that was what no I definitely don't see, see that I don't see that being ever a factor in your life so this no. is just a game uh-huh. Um, yep. <laughs> okay. So the next question would be, if you were a travel nurse, where would you prioritize visiting? <sighs> Alex and I were just talking about this the other day. Oh, it was, okay. oh, we were watching the bachelor and they did like the fast paced, uh, you know, question game. One of the girls did. What's that? Called? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 This or that or whatever. Kind of, yeah. And she said, beach or mounted? And I'm like, Alex, yeah. let's do that. So we did three, two, one. Alex said beach. I said mountain. And I'm like, wait, no, I think I, I would want beach. He's like, Are yeah. Are you serious? I, I oh. think I do. Yeah. Oh, I love mountains. All. We both love mountains. But also, we love beach. We love relaxing. That's the life for us. So I feel like, I feel like of course, I'd want a mixture of both. Like mm-hmm. all the places, but I think I'd priori- prioritize warmth. Yeah, warmth. yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, can you from- okay when you're a traveler's uh-huh. sidetrack, um, kind of sure. on that topic of the question, can you travel like out of country? Can you can you Ooh. do and like? be a travel nurse in Europe or whatever? So I don't really know all the like requirements or restrictions of that with the licensing and how that Mm -hmm. would transport across different countries. I'm sure you can because when I was, well, I don't know if she was a traveler though. When I was working in Arizona, there was a new nurse and I'm pretty sure she was just like new to the floor, like a staff for the floor, but she was from France. So I don't know if she had moved. Oh, cool. I know she wasn't a traveler, so I'm sure there's okay. some way around it, but I haven't, I haven't felt like called to check that out. Um, yeah. Cause that, yeah, that I would don't know. also be my answer. I would love like to travel around Europe and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. see, I don't, I don't yeah. think so. Not for me. Okay. I've just okay. been really distracted yeah. by how much there is in the U S too. Very true. But mm-hmm. yeah. So. Let's get into it here. General introduction. So what is travel nursing to begin with? 
Um, there's a lot of different yeah. ways you can kind of look at it, but essentially, so you sign up to work through an agency, a travel agency versus working for a hospital itself. And the agency gets like job postings to their board is what they'll call it um, with needs. And the needs vary depending upon things like the pandemic was a huge one. Jobs were hot everywhere. They were paying out the wazoo because they were overrun with patients. So that like really exploded the travel nursing industry. But there's also simple things that happen annually. Like if you're in a snowboarding area, like in Florida, they'll have higher needs in the wintertime because people will migrate down to live in Florida to avoid the winter. And then like if a lot of people are off for maternity, something like that. Um, oh, I never so, thought of that. Sweet. Yeah, you won't necessarily ever find out why, but that's just kind of why you may see more jobs in mm-hmm. one certain state versus another, depending upon the year. So you work for an agency. Oh, sweet. And typically, um, contracts are 13 weeks, so about three months in one specific place. That's been my experience, but I know. Different agencies have different lengths of contracts too. Sometimes, like especially in the mm-hmm. pandemic, there were a lot of short ones. Um, I have seen eight-week oh. ones kind of frequently posted or talked about on some Facebook groups that I'm in. So shorter ones are definitely available. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like that would be really hard. Like, is 13 weeks enough time to get settled? Um. I mean, it depends on how, it depends on your work schedule. It depends on Mm -hmm. how intentional you are too. So like in the beginning, I felt like I was kind of overrun with all the things I wanted to do. So I kind of like tired myself out really quickly and my priorities have kind of shifted now that we're trying to figure out like, Hey, is this a place we want to live versus just explore? So like now in Idaho, I'm trying to be intentional about seeing more of like the town versus just like, okay, we're three or four hours away from glaciers. So we need to plan a weekend here and like mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So you have to be intentional, but I'll get to that because it sometimes varies. Well, it will vary from person okay. to person. Like, why are you traveling to begin with? So I've heard I, my, my priority with traveling is to see as much of the country as I can. So I've never extended in a certain place. Um, you can get offers from the hospital to extend your contract if they needed it, if they like you, like it just depends. Um, sometimes it can be another full 13 week, week extension. Um, you can, I've heard you can extend up to a year in one place before, um, like the IRS is kind of like, okay, what's going on type of thing, which I'll, I'll get into talking about that a little bit more, but I've never, done that because I'm trying to see as much as I can. So I can't really speak to the nitty gritty about that. That's just what I've heard. Yeah. So getting started, we're going to kind of shift into that. That can feel super overwhelming. It did for me, but I'm going to kind of like break it down in some bullet points to help you out if it's something you're interested in. And if you're not, and this episode is kind of like boring for you, I'm sorry, but it is a, a cool lifestyle and a cool job. So I find it very intriguing. Like how it all works, everything. So please enlighten us, Olivia. Okay, getting started. So typically, and this did kind of fluctuate with the pandemic increase increased needs throughout the country, but typically oh. to be a travel nurse, they want you to know your stuff. So they expect around two years of experience. So two years of experience as a staff nurse. So you kind of know okay. like time management skills, critical thinking, Um, you're like, you've prioritized building your skills and you know what you're doing. So you're able to take on a new environment and stuff. And that doesn't shake you as much. Can you do it without experience? Like, can you do it straight out of college? Get into travel? I, I wouldn't. Um, a lot of people want to, because it's like romanticize, yeah. especially online, which mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. that if that's your one goal in nursing, but I would never do it because it is so like mm-hmm. anxiety provoking. Um, but again, with the pandemic, some people were very desperate for nurses. So um, oh, okay, they, I, I don't know. 
a lot of people will post yeah. th- that on like a Facebook group that I follow and like the older travel nurses will literally berate them in the comments like how stupid are you like it's just not Shut great up. so I would at least recommend like one year if you absolutely okay. can't wait but a lot of times two is the preferred like gold standard well, and I did makes sense. I did three and a half just because I had no idea what I wanted to do and then I was like crippled by fear for the longest time I I felt like I could probably like looking back if I wasn't afraid I could have gone at two years but you know your girl's a little anxious so Absolutely. Who is it? Get things around. You're going to want to kind of keep track of your licenses. Uh, If you have more than one, if you have a compact license or your state license, like make sure you know when it's going to expire, that kind of stuff. Um, Rack up in like I made a folder of like all my immunizations and certificates Mm. for certain things I had on the floor already, like my advanced life support certification, certification, (laughs) certification, um, basic (laughs) life support. If you need your like stroke scale certification, I had all that documentation already ready. My CEs are are tucked away in a binder. So I just wanted to be really organized so that the process is easier for you. So that's what I would recommend too. And there are apps where they can do that for you. I'm just, you know, I'm not, really great with technology. So that's what I did. Decide your main reason for traveling. So when I was first starting, my original recruiter told me this, and I do think there's some truth to it, but you can also get all three of these with traveling too. So it's, do you want to travel to literally travel like what I'm doing? See as much of the country as you can enjoy your experience, explore, et cetera. Do you want to get more work experience? Do you want to expand your resume um, so that you look more attractive to a future staff job that you're eventually hoping to get? Um, And then three is the money. So you don't care where you're going. You don't care how often you have to work. You just want to pay off debt, rack in as much dough as you can. Because mm-hmm. some jobs, especially again during the pandemic, were like crazy hours for loads and oodles of money and people were taking those that's what i had just heard like, i know it's not worth it like you make enough money yeah. if you work the regular 36 hours but some people are crazy so Sweet. figure out what motivates yeah. you <laughs> but you will get all of that with just traveling in general because it it pays more than mm-hmm. most staff jobs easily usually weekly mm-hmm. too not bi-weekly that's amazing Yes. If you don't want to, you don't have to travel that far away, but like, that's not my scenario. And then, um, the work experience everywhere you go, like you're going to, you should be looking for positions that are in your specialty with that two years of experience, at least they'll likely want you to be somewhere where you're comfortable, but even still Mm -hmm. everywhere you go, does things different, has different equipment, um, different doctors, different charting systems. So you're going to get more resume building experience no matter what. So, okay. And then the last thing is you don't have to be specific about it. Just figure out what you want to do about how you're going to house yourself. So um, what I mean by that, because I'll get into it in more detail is like, are you going to like do what we do where we take the agency stipend for housing. We just take that money in on our, on our own and, and find our own housing or because your, your own housing could be an RV. It could be a long-term Airbnb, an extended stay hotel. It could be like renting from a friend in the area that, you know, or a family member. So that's just taking the money from the agency and figuring it out on your own. Or the second option would be agency housing where they set you up um, with your housing for the contracted time. And I don't, I don't know anybody that's done that per se. It's gotten really popular to do (laughs) Airbnbs, but I I have heard that, um, the agency obviously doesn't want to give more money to housing than they should or want to. So I've heard that agency housing, it can be a little sketch. So 
Don't quote me on oh, that because that's obviously really? not my scenario, but um, I've just, that's no. what my original recruiter said, but I don't work with her anymore oh. either. So I don't know. Oh yeah. True. true, true. Okay. Let's so that's kind of like the basis of what you should be thinking about before you like actually sign up. Freaking amazing, Olivia. Thank you. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot, but um, yeah. I'm going to go into kind of more of the nitty gritty, like actual detail about when you actually start with an agency. So um, Sweet. I kind of went overboard after my first contract because I didn't like my scenario as much. I kind of was painted the picture that night shift was your only option and that's not accurate. So I broadened my horizon and I got different profiles set up with multiple different agencies so I could compare pricing, location, because some hospitals will specifically work with one agency. So you won't see availability across, you know, across all boards, all travel agencies. So I recommend Mm -hmm. setting yourself up with two to three agencies for that reason. Um, but it's important that you kind of are aware of what you're signing up for. So I take a lot of notes during that process because things can move quickly and get confusing, especially if you're working with different agencies at once to try and get a gig set up. You should not sign up for a job through multiple agencies because they will see that the hospitals will see that and likely disregard your resume. So just keep that in mind. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Okay. When you say pricing, mm-hmm. do you have to pay the agency or do they get a stipend from your No. So the salary or whatever. My my um first cousin is a nurse recruiter now, Linnea. She's cute. She listens. Hey girl. Um and she's kind of Hello. given me the inside Hello. scoop, but I did know to begin with every traveler wow. that the uh, recruiter works with, they get a stipend from having them on their team. So it's kind of like a, the more you invest in how much you want to work and how much you get paid then in in general. So they make money off of you. You don't have to pay anything to sign up for a profile. That's a really good question. Oh, um, sweet. Good. Really good question. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So um, I'm going to kind of shift into licensing because that can be kind of overwhelming and confusing. Ohio is my original state that I was working in as a staffer. So I had my Ohio license to start, but that was it. And I didn't know where we wanted to go first, what pay was supposed to look like. So we ended up in a really random spot in Southern New Mexico. The pay wasn't great, but I didn't know it at the time. And, um, I had to apply for a New Mexico license and, That can look different from state to state, but now um, in 2023, Ohio is now a compact license state. So that means if you get the compact license, you can now work in any other compact state. And there's actually like a good, good chunk of the country that switched over to compact. So that's really nice because then you only have to worry about the expiration date and fees and stuff for one license instead of, I think I have New Mexico, Arizona, Oregon, Washington, California is not compact because they're California, um, Maine, Alaska, Utah. Where am I now? Idaho I'm working on now. So like I've had nine licenses. So if you're in a compact state, I highly recommend it. What's up? Um, Do you have to pay for each license, I assume? Yes. So... Uh, Yes. What you're going to want to do is go on to the board of nursing for that specific state. And it has like a step-by-step walkthrough process on their website of what you need to do. Normally it's some kind of application you apply. If you already have your nursing license in a different state, you apply through Mm -hmm. endorsement is usually what it's called. And you go through an application. You just have to say like, no, my, I haven't, I'm not a felon, like stupid stuff like that. And then you do an application fee (laughs) that varies state by state for some state like California. It's pretty expensive. I think it was like $500 for California. But New Mexico oh is pretty gosh. cheap. Like I've seen some as low as like 50, okay. 60 bucks, um, which I'll get into what? it, but save your receipts, save your receipts. And then normally uh-huh. it's like a, a background check 
check, which can be um, like fingerprinting. You go somewhere and get your fingerprints done mm. and then send it to that board of nursing. And then they um, verify your license to begin with, which could be like a quick fee on the nurses.com. Okay. It's normally that sometimes there's specific ones where they want your transcript. I had to verify my employment for the last year for a few other ones, but on the website, oh. they'll give you a step-by-step and you can always call the, the board of nursing directly if you have questions, but you'll likely be on hold. Hmm. But, um, that's been my experience. Again, if you can get the compact license, I'm currently waiting to get that because it's been, I, I know how to apply for a license now. I'll just say that. I, I hate that. That's one of the Ugh. worst parts about it. So, but Ugh, I can imagine. Yeah. Save your receipts throughout all that process because your agency will reimburse uh, you for certain things once you start your contract to a certain degree. Um, like if you have to get a specific scrub color for that job, um, certain things like that. So save your receipts. Mm. Um, okay. So you sign up with an agency, usually through their website. And um, I'll just like say this as a, a tidbit. They will start berating you. And I don't know if it's like your number or email gets in thrown into this pot, but like I have agencies that I've never heard of that will call me and email me from time to time. So it can be a little overwhelming oh. and a little annoying. It's going to happen. Yeah. I sometimes just like straight up ignore or delete emails just because I don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't have time yeah. for that. No. <laughs> no. But if you're serious about getting started with a specific agency, then they'll have you like put in all your information, your work history, a resume potentially, and you'll go through this like skills list or checklist is what a lot of them will call it. You go through uh, skills related to your specific um, type of nursing, like, and you rate yourself to your comfortability with each task or each type of diagnosis, each medication. So those are time consuming. I hate them. They're so annoying, but it's a one-time thing. You don't have to do that every contract, just every new agency that you get set up with. And they may have you like renew it annually in case things have changed. Like, oh, I worked on a oncology floor, so I'm really comfortable with chemotherapy now. That's not me at all, but I'm just giving you an example. So know that that will be a, a process and it's annoying, but that's how it goes. So then- you, a lot of times with some agencies, you can apply directly. If you're scrolling their job board, um, you can say like apply or like apply me for this. If you can like scroll through and see like, what, where is it? What are they paying? Like mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah on this specific job. Sometimes the recruiters will call you directly and go over like the location, the shift type and that, and then you can say yes or no to apply. But, um, once you've applied, you're kind of waiting around and it can be mm -hmm. weeks. It could be really quickly. A lot of times I'll, I'll get like a call or an automatic offer in a few days. Um, so I want to talk about that. You won't get warning on if they're going to call you and when it just kind of like, oh, my phone's ringing. And if it's an oh, odd number wow. and I'm like, oh, I should answer it. It doesn't like you could be anywhere. I was in the um Merrill outlet doing that collaboration when Idaho called me and I just looked at the number oh, and no. I was like crap so it can be really nerve-wracking the first time but it's not like it's usually not a full-blown interview you just answer the phone and they're like is this you yeah and they go through a, a spiel about like their hospital their floor um and then Okay. you have the opportunity to ask the questions that you want to ask and then they'll hang up with you. Other times I've only had it twice in my last two and a half years where they've asked me questions more geared to like a traditional interview where it's like, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Blah, blah, blah. So that can be a little oh, like, yeah. but, um, it's not that bad. On the spot. I want, oh my God. Yeah, I've I, because I've done it so often now. I kind of like have my routine of the questions that I want to ask, but um, I want to go through those now. 
So I always make a point to ask the scrub color because you'll have to buy some if you don't have that specific scrub color. I'll ask Mm -hmm. the nurse to patient ratio because that's important. You'll want to know the charting system. If you don't know it, they'll likely give you training uh, in the orientation. Even if you do, you usually sit through training. Um, I'll ask like their IV pumps, if they have AIDS, do the AIDS take the blood sugar, vitals, that kind of thing. And if you're not a nurse, like this isn't relevant to you and I'm sorry. Um, if you have time that you need off, you can definitely make that part of your contract with your recruiter. So they, the manager, whoever's interviewing you knows that going into it. Like if you're a bridesmaid, I've had that multiple times or a certain vacation, or you just want like four or five days off around your birthday. I'm doing that this time. So like, it's totally doable. My one friend had this, uh, long planned Mexico vacation with her family scheduled. Mm -hmm. So she took three weeks off in the middle of her contract. That's kind of excessive. And I wouldn't recommend doing that every time, but she offered to, yeah, she offered to extend like after that to make up for the lost time. So she's working like much more than 13 weeks, but that made her more attractive than not having not offered that. So just something to keep in mind. You can talk to your recruiter about that. Um, I think, oh, and I will also ask about floating just because travelers in general are more likely to float than staff. I've had multiple, um, contracts where I would float every single day. I felt like I I was on the float pool. I didn't like that, but that's sometimes just a part of it. So I ask about that just so I can kind of know going into it ahead of time. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's amazing. I think that's everything. Everyone, I hope, or anyone that's looking into travel nursing, please be taking notes because this is amazing, Olivia. Oh, thanks. You're uh, opening my eyes. <laughs> I'm trying to go through it as quick as I can, but it is kind of like a daunting thing to get started. But I promise you, like, you can yeah. do it. It's not that bad. You sure can do it. Yes, you can. (laughs) When you get an offer, you'll likely be called by your recruiter or emailed by your recruiter and they'll want to get on the phone with you and go over the specific numbers of the um, job. And you usually typically have a business day to say yes or no before the agency moves on to someone else. So it's like, holy crap, I need to figure things out. And if you're finding your own housing, like what we do, that can be a little rough my husband and I will typically like start calling around to um, RV parks in the area to try and get a reservation as soon as possible. But because of that, we have had a couple, like I'll get an offer on Friday and they give me through the weekend or they give me an extra day just because I'm trying to lock down housing. And that's the only reason why I'm still waiting. So just be transparent with your recruiter and they can kind of do things to kind of help you. But typically it's one business day. Um, wow. and they'll go through the contract with you. I want to highlight the words, um, net versus gross. Cause when you're looking mm-hmm. through the job boards on websites or Facebook groups, whatever you're looking at, and it advertises like, I don't know, three grand a week gross. Okay. That looks really appealing. You're like, holy, sh- oh, holy crap. <laughs> I'm going to be taking home like $3,000 every week, which you could be depending mm-hmm. on where you're going and what the scenario is. That's totally not unrealistic, but that's not before taxes. So net is what Mm -hmm. you're going to be taking home after taxes are taken out. So really know the difference between those two. And, um, okay. So the big difference with traveling is like, Typically, you're doubling your living expenses. So that gives you the opportunity to take these stipends with your pay because you're doubling your expenses. Um, Mm -hmm. So you have to have proof that you have some kind of permanent residence elsewhere. So for us, we lived in our home in Ohio still technically. We were paying mortgage, so that covered us for that well, we sold our house now. So like, what do we do? We have it set up now that we're paying rent to one of Colton's friends every month. So that covers us. Okay. So you need to make sure that you have duplicated expenses or else you're going to get into potential trouble with the IRS. Okay. Yeah. I never even thought of that. Yeah. That's crazy. You just, you don't want to deal with that. So just make sure that you've got 
all your T's crossed and your I's dotted, you know. Um, and I'm not a big numbers girl. So Colton has been a huge help with making sure that everything like that is okay. Now I'll touch a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not totally certain on all of this because we've been nowhere near 50 miles close to our permanent residence, but like you won't get all of the stipends if you're within a certain radius to your home because the, the hospital or whoever's looking at your numbers will be like, Oh, they could realistically drive home in between each shift. So they shouldn't have these stipends for extra living expenses because you might not be. So that's something that you're going to want to talk with your recruiter about ahead of time. There's this like 50 mile rule with the travel nursing community that if you're past 50 miles, then you're fine. But I don't, I can't speak to that because I've always been like hundreds of miles away. So yeah, (laughs) just have that in the back of your mind. And your stipends, of course, will vary um, state by state. It's not always a straight thing across the board. It depends on the living expenses of where you're specifically contracted to work. So that's why certain things vary. But like, I just want to emphasize that it is totally realistic to take home like upwards of $3,000 a week. Like that's, that's pretty on the high end for 36 hours. But like, it's doable. And it's so much more yeah. than I was making staff bi-weekly. So just like, it's a great way to to utilize the skills that you already have to really knock down debt or even become debt-free if it's something that's really motivating to you. So like, you don't have to go across the country like what I'm doing in order to like really knock down some of your debt. So like, take advantage. The prices are great Sweet. now, even that we're further away from like the pandemic prices, it's still really beneficial. So that's incredible. It's great money. (laughs) Um, and as far as taxes go, um, people ask me about this a lot. It's rough. Uh, we don't normally do our taxes anyway. Just we use the same, uh, woman that does my family's taxes because they Mm -hmm. own a, business with the farm. So I just want to make sure everything's like legally fine. So they've always gone through someone. That's all we knew. So that's what we did. We're looking for someone new, um, just because we're not going to be in Ohio, but we haven't finalized that yet. So, um, that's what I would recommend is just having a professional look at it. Cause you have to think like you're getting so many, uh, like W2s from all these different people, like if you're working with different agencies, because you don't have to stick with the same agency from contract to contract, like oh, you can switch. Don't. Yes, oh. you can switch. Uh, but that's something that you need to pay attention to because you're going to get oh. like, you're going to have to do that checklist again that we talked about and you're going to have to give them all your information. You're potentially going to have to wait to get your uh, healthcare and dental and insurance and stuff. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it, but like it can get a lot. And I've been with the same agency now for over a year and it's just a lot calmer. So if you find an agency and a recruiter that you like, you don't have to change. I'm just saying if you're really specific about one place that you want to go to, or you really want the top dollar money Mm -hmm. and this agency is offering it, but yours isn't like you can switch. Some recruiters will make it seem like guilt trip you into changing, but like, Mm -hmm you're an independent contractor for yourself. You know what I mean? Like you work for yourself, essentially. Everybody needs nurses. The recruiters need nurses. So they're going to kind of make it seem like, make you feel bad about doing what's best for you. But ultimately you have to do what's best for you. So like whatever that looks like for you, don't be afraid to just be like, this is what I'm going to do. Thank you for your time. You know, that's how it goes. Stand up for yourself, girlfriend. Yes. Yes, it was hard at first, okay. but you have to do what you got to do. What's up? Exactly. Um, Taxes. On taxes, I'm still, like, mind blown because that would be so much, so much. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. do you have to pay property taxes when you live in an RV? Do you, how does that work? Property taxes. What, what do you mean? Like, with the RV? So, like, since you don't have a, own a home, how does that work? Like you just get to um, bypass all the property taxes, even though you're on land with the RV. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, I can cut this out. 
No, it's okay. Um, and I'm not like I'm getting nervous. I'm like, oh, Colton, come in the back. Yeah. If there's any questions that anybody has, like, feel free to yeah. message our Instagram. It's a Wanderer Podcast, or like me directly on Instagram. I'm Hale on a yeah. Trail, so that's my last name, H A L E, and each word is separated by a little period. Feel free to message me. I'll do the best I can at answering your questions, calming your concerns, because it is a really great lifestyle. But when it comes to taxes, like we, when we call to get a reservation at a campground, we'll ask if they have extended stays. And usually that's a monthly fee. And we pay that up front. And like the RV park is kind of responsible for deeming what they see fit for their pricing. So we'll pay for like electric, the site, that kind of thing. So yeah, I don't, I don't think we have to worry about that. Yeah. So we're going to kind of go into the last section, why travel in general and why am I specifically traveling? So I'm going to talk more about my personal experience and kind of try and um, convince you if you're not convinced already. So in general, like I said, with you being an independent contractor for yourself, you have more freedom. You don't have to work like 52 weeks out of the year, 50 weeks out of the year with two week vacation. Like I usually take a couple weeks off in between my contracts, if not a solid month, um, to just give myself time to like recuperate because burnout is so real with this career field, um, and the constant like stress that you see. Um, so that time off has really been great for me, especially because I've talked about before, I'm not fulfilled by caring for people in that way. Um, so I get time to just kind of chill out and be me. Sometimes we'll fly home to Ohio and see family. Sometimes we'll go on trips. Sometimes since we do have the RV full time, we'll like, this is what we did this last time from California to Idaho. We stopped in Bend, Oregon for a week, got an RV park for a week and just spent some time exploring the area and hiking. Colton, his job is still kind of traditional, but it's remote. So he Mm -hmm. has to work still, but like on the off time, since we're in different time zones, he's done earlier in the day, then we'll take the afternoon to go out and explore and stuff like that. So you definitely don't have to work year year round. And again, you're making so much more so you can, yeah, you can pocket money to go on more vacations and stuff than you think you'd normally be able to, but, um, can I be your child? Your love child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dogs. I don't know. It's it's hard. I I couldn't do this Can lifestyle by myself. <laughs> I could not do the lifestyle by myself for sure. Because sometimes it is kind of no. lonely. Um, yeah. But the having the dogs Making is friends. huge. If you have a pet, yeah. Oh, I'll get. I should get into that a little bit too. But. Um, yeah, that's why we got the RV though too is because we wanted kind of a consistent place uh for the dogs, but also if you think about it, people that are doing these extended stay RVs or RVs, that's what I'm doing, Airbnbs, <laughs> they have to pack up their entire life essentially, all their clothes, all of their stuff and move like every 3 months. That's huge. That's a lot of fit in a suitcase for your car. Yeah, you have like, to no. really downgrade. Mhm. So, that's kind of something that you should think about and weigh pro pro versus con. Like is that something I want to do? Mm-hmm. I highly recommend RV life. It's been really really great. But we do have a storage unit in Ohio with some of our stuff from our house. Um Oh, yes. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, I know, I know people that have like sold all of their, like most of all of their stuff just to be able to do this lifestyle. So it is what you want to make, make of it, but overall Mm -hmm. your, your like whole life and stuff, you're going to push yourself out of your comfort zone and cause so much growth, no matter what your experience is. And I do want to emphasize, like, if you're thinking about traveling at all, the great thing about it is like, you work for yourself, you're making more money, you're seeing the country if you want to, but like, it doesn't have to be permanent. You can take one contract, one 13 week contract, feel it out, see if it's for you. If it's not, you don't have to continue, which is really great. That's incredible. You can just say, it's not for me. I'm going back to staff and that's fine. I don't think people think about that. They're like, oh, I have to change my entire life. Like what we have, what we've done. And you don't have to do that. You can just test the waters. You can do a state away or like 
the opposite end of the state. You can go see your aunt that lives in Florida that you haven't seen forever. Like you can yeah. go work next to, to her town. So you really have to yeah. tailor it to what you That's want awesome. to do. Um, so why I travel to, uh, let me get back here. I'm, I got off on a tangent. <laughs> Exposure to different <laughs> cultures in the country. That's a one thing that I didn't ever expect to kind of even experience, but I've come to really appreciate it. Like when I left Ohio so and we true. went into New Mexico, I think that was the biggest shock just because it was like the first one and it was so significant at the time. But like, yeah, people say that the East Coast are more standoffish and like kind of mean and stuff like that. I've only traveled in the West besides Oregon or Oregon besides Maine. And I'll just say like when I went to New Mexico, I remember I was walking into a dollar general and the cashier was like 15, 20 feet away from me. And she like turned away from the person, the customer that she was dealing with and was like, hi, how are you today? And like genuinely wanted an answer. So it's different cultures like that, that you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is interesting. Like maybe this is somewhere I want to live type of thing. Like you just open up to so much yeah. more. I've talked about before when we were in California, we were in a really Hispanic, like densely Hispanic area. Mm-hmm. And a mm-hmm. majority of my patients were not English speaking. It's not something you think about dealing with and wow. working in the United States. And it was like a huge learning curve, but you figure out and adapt. And like, that's also, no, I took three years in high school, but no, I I got really good at being able to say like, um, let me think if I can pull it back out my ass here. (laughs) Soy Olivia to infamente. That's it. I'm Olivia. I'm your nurse today. Okay. No habla espanol. Muy, muy poquito. Tiene dolor. Do you have pain? Um, that's it. Oh. Two medicinas, your medicine, like that's it. There's usually that's like, amazing, if that's the though. case, I didn't the realize hospital. that. <laughs> yeah. It cool. slowed things down a lot. It was really frustrating in the beginning, but at the end of it, like, it's kind of cool to say like, I did that and I got through that. There's a lot of little moments like that with travel nursing that, uh, like you take in as a memory. That's like, I did that. And that's awesome. Like I drove yeah. from Maine to California. I did that. That's awesome. Freaking like, amazing. I don't know why I, I feel really prideful about being able to do that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So. As you should. Like, because everything you're doing is freaking amazing, Olivia. You're just a freaking well, rock star. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of myself. But um, another thing be. that it's kind of like a pro and a con, depending on where you fall with the whole... Um, like introvert, extrovert spectrum is like meeting new people that kind of ties into the culture thing because they could be super different from you. And like, that's a, a area of growth too, but I am an introvert. So that's been kind of like a harder thing for me is I'm more like closed off when I first meet people. I'm in my head a lot. Mm-hmm. It's gotten a lot better now that I'm on medication. I don't like overthink everything they're thinking about me or whatever, but um, ultimately I've met that's two awesome two best friends through doing this. And I never, like, it's so weird to think about never having known them had I not taken a contract somewhere. Like, it's just so random. Mm -hmm. And now I literally can't picture my life without my friend Marissa. Like, I love her to death. She will be in my life forever. I just love her. And um, that's just, that's wild to think about. If you really sit back and think like, yeah, this decision, I wouldn't have even known her. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I guess I should talk about this too. Exactly. It's another Mm -hmm. thing, but like that photography workshop was really the catalyst to like make me be like, I can go outside of my comfort zone and it's not a bad thing. Yes. So that's incredible. Um, I also kind of want to talk about like my best and, um, worst experiences and my worst experience is kind of tied into this contract I'm talking about where I met my friend Marissa and it makes the whole like butterfly effect where you're like, this wouldn't have happened if X, Y, and Z, this plays into it totally. Yeah. So my worst experience was I was set up to work in a hospital in Western Arizona. I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't want to bash it, but like I'll get into how you can figure out if there's a good hospital versus a bad hospital (laughs) here in a second. Um, I had had the hospital like recommended to me through uh, an acquaintance on Facebook that was a travel nurse. 
I'm not sure why I let that uh, recommendation supersede everything I read about it on the the Facebook group that I'll get into in a second. But I was like, oh, I'll try it. Yeah. Um, not a great experience. Really unsafe staffing scenarios where, like... I was responsible for five to seven to one time nine patients without an aid to help. And I was on a COVID floor where like you had to gown up every single time. Like you were taking their tray in, you were feeding them if they needed fed, you were helping them go to the bathroom, you were turning them. And like, it's not, it's not realistic. And that same day, the charting system went down and no, the whole entire COVID unit was staffed by travelers. So we're not from here. We don't know the protocols of what to do. Um, and like, nobody came over to help us. So like, I was like, I'm, oh. my license is at risk here. I need to get out of this scenario. So if you're in this predicament or like something happens and you're like, I can't yeah. stay here, you don't have to, like, it was really nerve wracking awesome. at the time, but, um, I talked to my recruiter about it. I was very transparent. I was like, I don't feel safe here. They got me set up to talk with a nurse liaison through the um, agency that I worked mm-hmm. for to kind of just like co- cooperate that what was going on was really unsafe and I actually did need out. My recruiter recommended that I give two weeks notice or else I would be labeled as a do not rehire for that hospital chain. And that really scared me because, again, I was like, I don't know where I'm going to end up. Like, I don't want to cross any bridges if this is a whole hospital chain. Like, what if my dream hometown is working with this chain? So that was nerve wracking. But um, Mm -hmm. I got through the two weeks and on the last day. The day before my last day was that nine patients, like I was crying in the bathroom. Horrible, unrealistic scenario. The manager came in and she was in dress clothes, like, get your ass in scrubs and help me. Like, it was terrible. So I just called out sick the next day, like, F them. I'm not doing that. And my agency encouraged me to do that because I called them from the break room. And I was like, I'm not coming in tomorrow. I don't care what you say. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, So I got got out of that in a... Stupid. Yeah, it was not a great scenario, but you can get out of it. Essentially, a contract is a gentleman's agreement between you and the hospital. They can technically cancel you at any time, depending on mm-hmm. if their needs change, if they're like not wanting to pay that amount. I've heard of contracts being canceled, especially because the pandemic um, isn't as significant as it was before, but I haven't had any scenario with that. So don't automatically think that's going to happen to you if you're interested in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got out of that contract. I actually beeped over to Moab, Utah, spent a a week to like just decompress. And then I ended up getting a gig in Cottonwood, Arizona, which was my favorite experience. That's where I met Marissa. I was half an hour outside of Sedona, Arizona. Like you cannot get better hiking than that. Um, and it was a great hospital Marissa's boyfriend, Travis, they do RV life. He's really outdoorsy. So he connected with Colton. We're, we're like Aww. a little group of best friends now. Like, it's just wild how things That's work out. Awesome. So like, if your experience is terrible, you don't have to take a second contract, but also like terrible isn't the norm. There's horror stories yeah. out there just like there are with everything. So exactly. That's been a job. Yeah. And I've worked, what, two out of my nine or 10 now contracts night shift. So really, if recruiters are making you seem like you have to do night shift, that's, that's BS. If, if night shift BS. is something for you, don't listen to them. there's a lot of night shifts availability too, but like, you don't have to do night mm-hmm. shift. I'm going to take a second That's to talk awesome. about my specific agency that I'm working for right now, just because I've had a really good experience with them. And I feel some yeah. kind of like loyalty with them, with how they dealt with that terrible scenario. Yeah. I was going to ask if you can share. Yeah. I work with host healthcare and I'm not saying one agency is better than the other. They all vary a lot. Um, Things that you want to look for, obviously, like if you don't like your recruiter, that's not necessarily specific to the agency because they kind of work for themselves a little bit to some degree. So like you could ask for a different recruiter, but like that's kind of awkward too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels like you're breaking up with a person. It's just, I don't like the way some recruiters make you feel about that kind of stuff. So 
that's why I recommend just having profiles with multiple agencies. So you can kind of do things what's best for you. Um, but I work for host healthcare and they've had great prices. Um, I like my recruiter. I've been able to find places and everywhere I've wanted to explore. They do really great benefits, um, which are listed on their website. So look into that if you're interested. They also, which a lot of agencies do, but um, host offers a referral bonus. So if you're thinking about doing travel nursing and you go with host and if you want to put my name down as who referred you, I get a kickback from that. A lot of times, absolutely, um, (laughs) and it builds, like if you have three travelers that go through you, once they finish their contract, they'll give you more money than if like when the first one finished their contract, a lot of agencies do that. Host is one of them. If you go through host, Hey, you know, say that I recommended you. Lydia Hale. (laughs) Yeah. Also like, that's kind of weird to say too, but you could get one of those too, if you become a host. Um, travel nurse too. So just think Absolutely. about that. Also, I've I've split that kickback with another friend of mine too. So you can kind of, you can make that to your benefit. Okay. That's awesome. Um, let me think what else was I going to say? Resources. So I'm going to kind of tie it up here. And then Sandy, if you have any questions, we can go from there. I feel like I'm buzzing just because I've been like talking nonstop, but I really great, <laughs> really great um, resources to look into that I have picked up on either starting out or throughout my process. The biggest one that I've utilized is the Travel Nurse Network, the Gypsy Nurse Facebook group. There is close to 200,000 members on that, whether they're, you know, a staff nurse that's interested in traveling or an active travel nurse, a past uh, travel nurse. Sometimes there's recruiters on there. They're not, I don't think they're allowed to post like, oh, this is a a job that we're looking for, you know, looking Mm -hmm. for nurses for, but, um, I will use that website or use that Facebook group. I will search the name of the hospital or the location, the city, um, and it'll come up with posts that mention whatever I searched for. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll find out if there was like a good experience at a hospital or a bad experience at a hospital. And I'll go through that post who commented on it. Did they have a good experience? Did they not? And I will DM them directly. Sometimes they answer, sometimes they don't. I've had a lot of success with it. So that's a really good thing to think about. And I've I've done that a lot. I always research the hospital beforehand. I like to know, um, like, I don't necessarily ask this in the interview, but I'll Google it, like the bed count of the hospital, just so I can weigh it against like my past experiences and if I would be comfortable like Mm. in a huge hospital or not. Um, Cause you don't, you don't yeah. always have to go to big cities. I'd like to point that out too. Um, I've done t- two or three contracts now in critical access hospitals. So if you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm scared about traveling. I don't know if this is for me. Do one of those. Um, critical access is like a hospital in more of a rural area. So it's like a place to stabilize patients. And then if they're critical, they get shipped out to a bigger city. So the actual patients that get admitted as inpatient are like really stable and it's super easy. Usually these hospitals are like 25 beds or less. It is cake work. Like that job got me working in Bar Harbor, downtown Bar Harbor, Maine. Like you can't ask for a better summer than that. Um, So like ask about critical access with your recruiter if they know what that is or, you know. Those are really great yeah. experiences. I had nothing bad to say about that. I worked in it one in Washington. <laughs> and I worked my first one on an Indian reservation or close to an Indian reservation in Winslow, Arizona. Um, so those are really nice gigs to start off with if you're really anxious. Yeah. Another um, yeah. great reference point is um, YouTubing the area, Googling the area. You can kind of figure out. Like, oh, what's fun to do or what's good to see? I'll, I'll do all trails to see, like, the popular hikes in the area. I will um, Google crime rates, Google population sizes just to kind of compare, like, what, I've used, what I'm used to, what I'm comfortable with. Um, MedVenture is an app that was recommended to me. Uh, it's like you can get in touch with other um, 
travel nurses in the area to see like, oh, are we doing a meetup or like whatever? I don't do that. I have my husband with me. So a lot of times we'll just go out and explore together. But if you're on your own, props to you, I couldn't do it. But there's there's great ways to meet people on certain apps like that. I'll use um, Mumble BFF a lot to try and like make some girlfriends in the area. Haven't had like a a ton, ton of success with that, but I have gone out with a couple Mm -hmm. um, girlfriends in new places and it's, it's like nerve wracking sometimes because I never, I never did dating apps, but like, it's all about growth too at the end of the day. So like, if you can Mm -hmm. push yourself past your comfort zone, I think no matter what, as long as you're safe about it, you'll come home with a story and also like a little area of like, I did that type of thing. Exactly. That's awesome. The last thing that I want to recommend is if you have like a close girlfriend or like I have a couple cousins that will, like they are my pen pals throughout the process. So that's always nice. Um, My little girl cousins are super cute about that. And um, I love that. Any any friends that you have that are really intentional about checking up on you, family members and stuff, that's always really, really nice to have. We do yeah. get a different P.O. box everywhere we go. So if anybody has a question oh, about, yeah. about that, that's what we do. Yes. My friend Marissa and her guy Travis, they kept their mailing address and they have somebody that mails them their mail like every so often. So that's an option too. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the RV parks allow you to get mail there too so it just depends but we do the p.o box has been really nice so far but yeah anybody that is like invested in you invested in what you're doing and like makes an effort to stay in touch with you is really beneficial so um if especially if you're going on your own i just give it up to you i couldn't do it so i'm always looking for friends too if we're if we're in the area um just to go on a hike or anything like that. It's a lot of fun. So again, if you have any questions at all, like feel free to message me on, on Instagram. You can, um, do either our podcast or the, my direct Instagram. And I hope this was beneficial. I know I was kind of rambling a lot, but it is a really awesome lifestyle. You don't have to do it forever. Oh, I also want to say you don't have to just be childless. Like we are right now, a lot of, Mm -hmm travelers are a lot of travelers um will take contracts a couple hours away and then get their shifts grouped so they work three shifts in a row and then they fly home if they have kids or something or um a lot of them a lot of them are like empty nesters that are newly empty nesters so like Mm in their 50s 60s that are out there doing it um so it really it really is like open to anybody and it's an individualized thing. So take advantage of it. If it interests you, I have only great things to say about it. And I hope this was beneficial. If it's something you're interested in. It was beneficial for me and I'm not even a traveler. So. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Yay. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh. Thank you so, so much for listening to Want Her with your girlfriends, Sandy and Olivia. We hope this chat has motivated you to chase those dreams, take hold of your mental health, or finally let out that inner weirdo. Maybe even all three. If you're a fan of what we do, we'd sincerely appreciate it if you subscribed and rated us five stars. Talk to you next time.